Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Welcome, everyone, to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. You can learn more about the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance at forwardthinkingchiro.com. Our Instagram page is at FTCA underscore official. And there is the legendary Facebook group, Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This podcast itself is brought to you by a few sponsors, which we should get through. One of them is China Gel. China Gel is a natural, unique herbal formula of time-proven ingredients. It's a greaseless therapeutic gel that incorporates modern technology with ancient pain-relieving concepts of Chinese medicine. China Gel is recommended by medical professionals for its long-lasting pain relief. That's all cute and stuff, but more importantly, I recommend China Gel, and it is the one topical pain reliever I use exclusively in my practice uh, and their soft tissue cream is awesome. So check out China Gel at ChinaGel.com. And if you are a member of the FTCA, be sure to contact the China Gel team and I'm sure they'll hook you up and setting up an account. Uh, next, we have the T-Tool. T-Tool is an all-in-one soft tissue treatment tool designed to save your hands. It's like a, a Swiss Army knife of soft tissue tools. It's awesome, uh, multi-dimensional, lots of different angles and uh, ways that you can utilize it. So check out all the applications. And uh, there's a link on their website, thettool.com, for how to use the T-Tool. Uh, it's a great tool, so check that out. It is also something that I use exclusively in my office. And ironically, almost exclusively, but not entirely, but one of the places where I do love to get my continued education is through Parker Seminars. And uh, Parker Seminars has got a virtual event coming up soon uh, that you definitely want to check out. But they're also getting back into the live event game. So if, you're, if you are ready to do some live events, they're putting some on the schedule. So be sure to check out ParkerSeminars.com. But in the meantime, October 2nd through the 4th is a digital event, Parker Seminars XR. And that is also at ParkerSeminars.com. You can click and learn all about that event. And that one should be great, too. They do nothing but awesome stuff. So check it out. And finally, you want to, if you catch this on time, because it's September 12th and the 13th, 2020. So if you've listened to this podcast after September 12th through the 13th, 2020, you'll be too late. But you want to check out the Chiropractic Business Summit, which is put on by Kevin Christie and myself. Uh, through the Chiropractic Success Academy, we're having a virtual summit that is going to talk about business only and no other stuff. So business, practice management, staff management, hiring, firing, buying and versus leasing office space, how to scale your practice, how to build a great website, event marketing, cash flow, the numbers you need to know to run a practice, the first page of how to get on the first page of Google search, and more and more and more of those types of topics. Uh, to register, you can go to HTTPS, B-I-T-L-Y, it's a bit.ly link, B-I-T dot L-Y, backslash Cairo Business. You can also find links for this at Forward Chiropractic Events Facebook page, the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance Facebook page, Dr. Kevin Christie's Modern Chiropractic Marketing Facebook page, and on the Chiropractic Success Academy uh, Facebook business page. It's all over the place. So be sure to register for that. It's free to register. 
Uh, and there, if you want to keep copies of these presentations, there's an upgrade fee that you can pay for that. But that's one you don't want to miss, so be sure to check that out. And if you're having a hard time finding where to register for that, just email me at forwardthinkingchiro at gmail.com, forwardthinkingchiro at gmail.com. Now let's talk about this guest, because this podcast that we're about to launch upon you, uh, we did it a long time ago. We, we recorded this podcast like right when the COVID pandemic really started to hit hard. And quite honestly, I just stopped doing podcasts because no one was listening to podcasts. Everyone was staying home and people listen to podcasts when they're out driving about and doing stuff. And uh, when everyone was locked down, that just wasn't happening. So we had this great podcast sitting here in my back pocket the whole time uh, with Allie Gilbert, who is now Allie Weingroff, which we'll get into and is also covered in the podcast. So we did this podcast before she got married to the legendary Charlie Weingroff. Um, and now... Charlie Weingroff is married to the legendary Ali Weingroff. Uh, so enjoy this podcast. It's not, I don't think it's dated at all. It was a great conversation, uh, but we had it on the shelf for a while until we started launching podcasts again. And here we are. So hopefully you will enjoy this podcast. And uh, if you don't know about Allie Gilbert, she is a two-time golf digest, top 50 golf fitness professional and trainer. Um, she's highly sought after for her unique approach to training that combines nutrition, training, and lifestyle hacks to alter body composition and optimize metabolism. She found her passion in optimizing men's and women's health, working alongside industry-leading medical practitioners, building an authoritative network to empower men and women with a proper understanding of what true health optimization is. Uh, you can check her out at Ali Weingroff, A-L-I-W-E-I-N-G-R-O-F-F.com which was formerly AllieGilbert.com. And she offers remote and local consulting and training services, as well as metabolic golf services, uh, which is the world's most effective golf fitness training program. She's got lots of amazing clientele. When this podcast was recorded, the one and only Charlie Weingroff was uh, sleeping on the couch right next to his bride-to-be uh, while she was having this conversation with me. So know that he's in the room with us as we're talking. And I hope you'll enjoy the podcast, and we'll see you next time. Okay, everyone, welcome. This is Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. My guest today is here by popular demand. Many of you have requested Allie Gilbert. I, I really want to know why you wanted her on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so do Allie, I. Have you, <laughs> <laughs> Allie, have you ever seen that movie Office Space? It was like from the 90s. Yes, I have. I was an 80s child. And they're like, uh, the, two, the two consultants are in the room with the star and they're like, so what do you say, what would you say you do around here? What does is, what is <laughs> Allie, Allie Gilbert do around here? You know, it's funny because everyone asks me, so like, wait, what do you do? Or like, <laughs> you're not a doctor? And I'm like, no, but I just play one on Facebook. That's right. <laughs> No, but if, if, who is your ideal person that you would love to deal with? Who do you, who do you work with the most? What is your, your biggest problem you love to solve in the world? Oh gosh. Um, I, I work primarily with men over 40 who are stubborn and think they know everything and basically are set in their ways yet. They really don't know anything about men's health, which I don't blame them for because most doctors don't know much about men's health. Um, but you know, like the high powered CEO who's like very stubborn and, and just, uh, 
um, no time for anything, a lot of uh, stress. And, you know, I also work with golfers. So that tends to bring that type of demographic along with it. Oh, this is going to be a, big, a great podcast. I think I fit that mold very well. Um, I was even going to say, hey, I was okay. talking to you. Yeah, let's play a little game here, Allie. I'm 43. <laughs> I have a bunch of kids and no time and plenty of excuses. And I'm starting to notice at age 43 that my body doesn't work like it used to work, but I need it to work like it has always worked. Even when I was 22 years old, where am I usually going wrong? Like where do guys my age usually F up? So most guys are not very proactive with their health. Most guys are reactive. So if like something is falling off or your anatomical equipment is not working the way it should, and that becomes, you know, a emergency, then maybe you'll consider some medical guidance. Whereas women are just like, oh my God, we have to stop this before it comes. You got to go and get your checkups. You got to do this. You got to do that. So men kind of like, whatever, I'll deal with it when it becomes a shit storm. Cool. So when things become a shitstorm, are exactly what you were, you know, starting to describe, and then along with all that will come body fat in places that you never noticed before. Maybe you have man boobs when you never noticed them before, or you're wearing bigger golf shirts when you used to wear nicely tight fitted that gave you that V taper. Um, maybe the energy level is not like it was, or you get home and you're grumpy and you don't necessarily have. Uh, energy to play with kids if you have younger kids or to just spend time with the wife. Um, so it's kind of like a, a general malaise that comes along with what they consider as just normal for getting older, but it really isn't so normal. And there is an epidemic now with men coming in with lower testosterone levels than their fathers and our fathers, our grandfathers and stuff like that. So um, there's Part of it is like, yeah, it's not your fault, but however, part of it is, sure, we can address a ton of things from a lifestyle standpoint and give you guys a better uh, background in what to ask your doctor and what you should be looking for. Because uh, as you know, in the healthcare industry, there's what we consider sick care, which is basically having health insurance and that will cover certain things. And then there's uh, optimal care or what you would see you know, a, a doctor that is more concierge based or cash based or whatever, that would be basically helping you to become the best version of yourself before anything happens. So what you're essentially saying is I just need to, uh, I need to be like uh, uh, Frank Thomas, the big hurt. I need to take some testophen and I'll be fine, right? <laughs> the eugenics. <that laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love walking into vitamin shop or GNC and I just see that entire wall of like, test boosters, you know, yeah. ejaculoid 5,000 and like all these things that <laughs> all of a sudden appear and this wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so they see me like filming it and putting on Instagram and telling people don't waste your money. And then they're like, Oh, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, which like going is the away, best yeah. one? Nope. Yeah. Like, you know, play dumb. And they're like, Oh, well you can get this and this. And I'm like, so as a woman, I can take this. And then really, how does it work? And it's like hilarious that the price that they have for these things where it's just really a bunch of different minerals with some amino acids. And then they call it like the next growth hormone or whatever. Oh, so, oh my God, it, anybody listening who 
has been talked into a certain supplement boosting your testosterone, please do not waste your money. Seriously, buy some energy drinks instead because <laughs> I like those. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is. Um, so obviously it, it can be very confusing. Similar to nutrition, it's you know something different we hear every single day. And does this work? Does this not? So when it comes to testosterone, honestly, the number one way that you can increase it is by just getting more sleep, which is probably like the most boring thing to talk about because I can't bottle it up and like sell it to anyone. Um, but sleep deprivation and obesity are pretty much the, the main causes of low T levels in men. And not to mention like there's an environmental onslaught against men's health with a lot of the, you know, chemicals that are in everyday products and estrogens and stuff. But those are really more low hanging fruits compared to what we are doing as a society where we don't really live the way we used to, you know, when you and I grew up. So when we grew up, uh, like what I talk about in my talks is like, we had to get up and change the channel of the TV station. We had to go to the other side of the car to open the door. We had to actually stalk people in public, like hide in the bush. Like we can do that from a computer now. So we basically don't have to move anymore. We can sit at home in diapers, press buttons. We can have food. We can have alcohol. We oh, can have okay, mail order yeah. brides, everything delivered to us. I remember when, uh, if I was hungry, when I was younger and there was no food in the house, you were just like, shit, <laughs> I can't eat. <laughs> I know. It's like you pick up the phone and there's a dude at your doorstep 10 minutes later with uh, Chipotle, you know? Yeah. Or if like, restaurants delivered it was like a, a heinous amount upcharge and then i was like i remember saying like someone should just like create something where you can pay somebody to go pick up food for you and then obviously somebody already thought of that so you meant that was one of your your windows of opportunity right there yeah i missed that <laughs> um, so for fellas how would you objectively how do you advise sleep how do you coach sleep with your clients i mean i like that question because it's something we forgot to do. So when you ask someone, what's your bedtime routine? They kind of stare at you. Like, what do you mean? So absolutely. You know, it used to be like, all right, we just go upstairs to a nice cold room. It's dark, read a book, boom. So we don't know how to do that because we have technology and we go and we scroll. And the problem with, um, you know, gluing our eyes into an iPad or a phone at night is that not only does it have light that emits a very stimulatory response. But also, if you see something on social media that upsets you, that is also a response from your body. So basically, stress hormones uh, get activated whenever something stresses us out. And it, it may be because, you know, like John Smith got a new car and, you know, he, he looks really horrible when he drives it or something. I don't know, or, you know, somebody's ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever pisses you off. That sends a stress response. Those stress responses are usually safer when we wake up. So when we see light, it's like, oh, time to wake up. Stress hormones like cortisol go up to get us up and out, out of bed. So we don't want that to happen at night because that will suppress our ability to produce melatonin and to produce growth hormone, which helps recover as we're sleeping. And then melatonin obviously helps us build what our circadian rhythm is, you know, the sleep-wake cycle. So 
it really impairs the ability to kind of fall asleep. So if we can kind of limit our technology and exposure, you know, an hour or two before bed and only if necessary have to check email, that will help as well as have a cold room, you know, blackout curtains if necessary. Um, at least just have it dark. Don't let any light admit. Don't watch TV. Save the bedroom for sex and sleep. That's it. And then develop that routine to kind of calm yourself down versus being all hyped up and then trying to get into bed and you stare at the ceiling. Yeah, I got myself one of these whoop straps. If you yep. checked out the whoop strap, it's not bad for a little bit of sleep coaching. Yeah, even, you know, if you need something, which, you know, men tend to do very well when you show them numbers. So I, yeah. I personally use the aura ring. So it's, you know, very easy to sleep with. And when you can see how things affect your sleep, then it becomes more real. So the biggest ones like alcohol, if you drink, um, you're toast. Yeah, you're yeah. toast. You'll see your heart rate will skyrocket. You'll probably wake up at 3, 4 a.m. So, um, and then you can start, you know, putting, everything together like oh, okay i i didn't sleep so hot but i trained yesterday really hard and i probably shouldn't have now i'm paying for it all right this all makes sense so you know if you don't have any data because you can say i went to bed at 10 o'clock well you don't know exactly when you fell asleep and you don't know the quality of that sleep how how much deep sleep or how much REM sleep you got so so let's get into it so it's not my problem i mean my problem is probably man boobs and sleep but let's talk about the boner problem. Where does that come into play? Or is it a combination of all these things? Um, so this is honestly- a, Like I said, it's not my problem. <laughs> you know. And, and even if it were, honestly- But if it were, give me some advice. It's so, <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, it is so common that- um, If it's not yet, it will be at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, it has less to do direct, like directly with men's testosterone levels as it does with men's higher impeding stress levels lately so yeah um and and like you know a guy in his 30s like they'll freak out if they don't have an erection every day and that's actually not you know abnormal most guys 35 and older will probably have less erections than they did when they were younger but not because of a hormonal issue it's just that's what happens so um it's not a testosterone like scarcity when it happens. And some guys actually don't even have morning wood every day. So, you know, I've had guys like, Oh my God, I never had morning wood. Am I broken? Like what's going on? And it's more like, all right, are you used to waking up with a, you know, very hard raging boner? Awesome. If that starts to become a little less frequent, take note as to what's going on in your life. Did you just have a baby? Have you had a very stressful time at work? Or have you been under a lot of emotional stress? Have you been training in the gym way more than you should on very little sleep? Have you not eaten enough? So all of those things can actually affect uh, erection quality. And one of the bigger issues too is blood flow. You know, there's a reason they have Viagra and Cialis and things that were actually blood pressure medications that had oh, yeah. amazing side effect. And you know, those are band-aids to the true problem. So having proper blood flow and good endothelial health is going to be, you know, a massive contributor to having good sexual health in men. So it's not necessarily just testosterone, though that can contribute to it. But if you're under stress, like your body's not thinking about procreation. So it's kind of the last thing on its list. And, and when I say stress, 
it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh my God, I'm stressed out. It's more, okay, yeah, emotional stress, but also, you know, training too hard too often can be Lack another of recovery, stress. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, a lot of the guys think like, all of a sudden my bone release, I need testosterone. It doesn't necessarily work that way. <laughs> Isn't it ironic that it's so much, so many of these situations are so caveman, aren't they? It's like, yeah. it's common sense that at nighttime we would, uh, I guess you could say primitive man would make sure that his camp was safe and that there was no stress around the camp before he went to bed. And that when you woke up, it was time to fight the world and you need stress hormones to get you up and get you moving to attack the day. And if the tribe was under duress, you're probably not going to be procreating, but if the tribe was in a good place and nice and relaxed and maybe in a tropical environment, you're going to procreate a little more. Yeah. And in the but us in modern day times we're just sort of like eh, screw all that give me the give me the big hurt what was that guy yeah the big hurt give me the Frank Thomas pill. <laughs> well, it, I mean it's funny that you say that too because it it literally is the basics they work so well. I mean, literally, if people got more sleep, and I understand that when someone says, "Yeah, I need to get more sleep," I just don't know how, or I just can't get to sleep. It, it is a true issue, but yeah, absolutely. They, they think there's this like proprietary special solution that I have that maybe they're not getting, or there's, you know, a special supplement that they're missing out on when it really is basic stuff, but you know, you can't patent sleep. So it's like, well, I can't sell this, but yeah, you know, I, I can sell the ability to help you get more sleep. And that's where my coaching comes in. But when it comes to what works, it's still basic stuff works. Same thing with training, same thing with nutrition, but we are a society that needs extreme things. So, you know, like, all right, if 200 milligrams of caffeine is good, 900 must be better. So, <laughs> you know, we tend to need something that is like highly uncomfortable to be able to work when really that might not be it at all. And I have a lot of coaching clients and a lot of my CEOs, because they're very driven people and they want to do all the training and be able to get everything done in one day. And I'm like, listen, you need to do what, what is ass backwards from what you're reading. I need you to train a little bit less, focus a little more on sleep and things will come your way. And a lot of that happens with my guys who travel and then yeah. they text me and they're like, oh, wow, I never realized what it's like to try and train so much on, on little food because nobody eats the same they do on the road and you know the gym should be the last stressor like really sleeping in a hotel is not always going to be the most high quality and trying to worry about meetings and food and training all on one trip is very difficult so my guys will actually lose weight and feel a lot better if they don't stress out about the gym side of stuff and actually focus on trying to get more rest versus trading that for gym time yeah i, I can i can testify that uh, travel will completely bust bust me out for sure. It'll take a good week or so after a, a long trip to recover. Oh yeah, and I mean, there's strategies to make it a little better. Like I personally am a big fan of Instacart and Prime Now, which are two of of the food delivery apps. But honestly, to to be able to have the things that I want delivered to my hotel room when I get there saves me an Uber trip to Whole Foods and saves me you know the stress about all right, if it's a carry-on and I'm not bringing, you know, ready-to-drink shakes, can I get them in my fridge? Like, stuff like that. It can definitely take some of the stress off, but 
it's never going to be the same as it is at home. And you're always going to have a different schedule. And especially when you're dealing with crossing time zones, you know, your body needs to adjust and traveling can be exhausting if there's flight delays, if there's weather, like, you know, so. You kind of touched on it there for a second, but how much in your opinion of your coaching, which uh, that's your world, that is, that is what you do. Um, how much of coaching is teaching new and novel ideas to people who never knew them or just getting them to knock off the BS that they've been doing and getting them to listen to what's right? Um, I would say with us guys, with guys, (laughs) with, with, uh, with men. So with men, it's, um, with anybody, it's, it's trying to help them, um, I guess, sift through the information that is, is so confusing and conflicting. So, you know, we're bombarded with info every day on nutrition and training that it's like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what's right. So it, it's getting them to understand that they're unique. So a lot of guys have friends who are like, dude, like I, I did keto for like two months and I lost all this weight. You got to do it. And they get heavily influenced by their peers. And then it becomes a competition but your metabolism is highly different from mine, which is completely different from your friends. So just because it worked for him does not mean it's going to work for you. So it's finding the strategies that are unique to their own routine and lifestyle that they have to be okay with and not thinking that it's a start and end point are usually what I'm kind of reiterating because you know guys are a little bit easier in the sense that if they gain weight, but they look the way they want. They don't care what the scale says as long as they have abs or their clothes fit the same. So like I had a guy, he was, uh, I always use him as an example because he was straight keto for three years and that's a long time. And it's really, it's not necessary to be keto unless you really have some sort of medical issue that you have to do it. So it's really not the friendliest diet for muscle building and stuff like that. And he started to feel like crap because you, you do need carbohydrates for certain types of activity. And he was doing a mix of like higher intensity stuff and weightlifting. And I brought him um, over the course of a year, almost a year to he's eating 700 grams of carbs now. And he feels amazing. He's, he's six foot six. He's over two, he's like two thirty, So obviously he's a big dude, but mm-hmm you can't just go from like zero to 700. It took a while, but he's like, I've gained over 30 pounds, but my waist is the exact same. <laughs> All my clothes fit the same, except my butt and quads, which he wanted bigger are fitting a little bit tighter. And he's like, my wife says I have a shelf butt for the first time. And like, I have a V taper. So they can kind of like ignore what the scale is. Whereas women kind of identify themselves with the number on the scale. So they are get they get mo- more emotionally attached. So with guys, it's kind of like yes, it's talking people off a ledge and you know getting them to realize this takes time, but also yeah. to understand that the more you yo-yo diet, which is you know gain and lose the same ten pounds, the more resistant your body will be when you get older to actually being able to drop fat. So it's playing the long game. Like you got to eat this way and actually eat to perform versus trying to be in a calorie deficit longer than you're not, which we actually should only be in a calorie deficit only a couple of times a year, maybe, and not for too long. Cause otherwise the body just doesn't like that. It, it wants to maintain homeostasis. It wants you to 
procreate and and survive it doesn't care if you want to you know have a 12 pack and like walk the beach so is there a is there an age more or less where it's just there's no going back it's too late too late to too late to have uh, muscle gain that's appreciable too late to worry about aesthetics too late for fat loss too late to address testosterone concerns or energy concerns. I know it's different for everybody, but if there's a, if there's a point in your expertise where somebody came to you and they were at a certain age or a certain condition, would you be like, nah, dude, not for you? Unless it was like a severe medical. Yeah. Medical or metabolic disease or something like that. Yeah. Where I had to like refer out, but I've never, I gosh, I've had guys who've gone through prostate cancer after the surgery who are in their seventies. Um, they've all made progress in the gym. I have, I have a guy who has one kidney beat cancer three times smokes and drinks daily <laughs> and still did a bodybuilding show last year. That guy year. sounds awesome. Yeah. He, introduce me to that guy. He's probably my uncle, right. but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a riot. Like, so, you know, the whole like, oh, this is normal with age is such a crock of shit because it, yeah. it's really, no. You, well, that's why I proposed in. the question, Allie. That's, I'm doing it in, it's Well, I know because like a lot, I think a lot of people do give up and they think like, oh, this is my age. This is normal. Yeah. This could happen. And it really shouldn't. But there is like, you know, in the medical world, if you go to get your testosterone checked, so a lot of doctors will kind of ask you why if you look a certain way which is so stupid because like natural bodybuilders have the lowest testosterone on the planet when they're on stage because they're so depleted, but they look good. So it's really a ridiculous statement. But anyway, tangent, I go on tangent. So if you go to the doctor and you're like, all right, I want to get my testosterone checked, the range of what is considered normal now used to be, used to be like 350 to like 1100. LabCorp lowered that in 2017 to like 260 to like 970. They're actually lowering it again this year for like to like 200 to like 800 something. So this, you know, range that was created as an average of men all over America, which is an average of sick people, healthy people, obese people. So it's really not the best gauge for being optimal. So now men who have testosterone levels of 500 or above, that's considered more optimal. But when the range has now been lowered to like 200 to 800, when doctors think like, oh, 500, that's actually considered more on the higher end now. They're instructed to treat men to mid to normal ranges. So they would only bring your test levels up to like three or 400 because that's considered mid-range normal. That is a major problem because you, you know, most guys yeah. are not going to feel that great with that level. And now you're saying a guy who's 30 years old who comes in with a test level of 180, he's in range? Like, give me a break. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like a third. So, it's a third of optimal. Yeah. So now you've got doctors who still think testosterone replacement causes cancer. They still think it causes heart attacks. So all this immense misinformation, people are going to believe it because 
doctors or highly educated individuals. However, there's plenty of research upending all of that. So they really have to fight to be tested for what makes them function optimally as a man. I'm not down with that. And, and, and it's funny that I'm like a female advocating for men's health, but I, I found a real passion in it because I get so annoyed at all the information that guys are being told that's completely wrong and can actually have adverse effects if they don't seek treatment. And then guys are left to believe that they're considered normal and then they're getting fatter and it's really affecting their energy levels, the amount of you know lethargy and no vitality and just the whole the systemic effect it has on a man is really not allowing him the opportunity to go after exactly what he wants. Whereas a guy who has optimal test levels and is able to make decisive action and is able to have that vitality and energy like we were talking about, then yeah, he's probably going to be a little more successful in what his endeavors are at any age. doesn't matter. So, Yeah, you're, you're single-handedly improving the economy. The productivity yeah. of the nation and the world at large. I like it. it. It's so true. And like, you know, yes, I understand that there's all there's also like this highly feminist movement now, which I was going there, dude. I was going there. First <laughs> I, I was just I gonna I was go gonna there. ask you, why do you even care about us guys? Aren't you supposed to be hating us? I know, and there's your hashtag. Oh, it's so funny because like a lot of my colleagues are like, you know, you really need to go off on this on social media. And I'm like, there's a time and a place because uh, obviously, like, I believe that strong women, women are cool. Like I love, you For know, sure. having, I love the career that I have. I love how I've had the opportunities that I have, but we still believe in chivalry and we still believe that, you know, men should take decisive action and all that. And granted, there is a percentage of females who are more against that than for that. And that is fine. I think we're all allowed to have our own opinion, but the more women that I've talked to where I'm like, do you still want the man to make the first move? Would you like a guy to pay on the first date type of thing? Do you want him to hold the door for you? Those are all qualities and characteristics of men that you know people still appreciate, but maybe they're not so vocal about it just because they're afraid of being attacked by the feminists. And then the guys that still act as what are considered gentlemen could be labeled as toxic masculine men because of those qualities. So also... We're in an age where if you compliment anybody, it can be seen as so highly offensive that I understand that nobody knows how to communicate anymore. So yeah. it's like, all right, well, what the fuck do I say to a woman if I can't say I don't like your shirt? And then she's like, oh my God, you're a creep. So men are yeah. kind of up against a lot these days. And you know, I've said to colleagues, like, are you afraid to talk to your female clients or your female colleagues in certain ways? Where like when I started as a trainer in my 20s, like the stuff we all said to each other, like, God, if I was able to capitalize on that, I probably could have, but I wouldn't because that's just joking around. Like it's normal. So it, it, you guys are dealing with a lot and people think like, oh, women are up against the lot. Like I've never seen any barriers just because I'm a female and nor do I want to be picked for certain things because I'm a female. Like you want people who do good things. And in my mind, that's a worldwide yeah. appreciation. Yeah. I mean, we might all do different things, but we want everyone to do good things regardless of what, what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think anyone who is probably within, probably under the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you went to college, you should be nervous. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, come on. We've all gone through some stuff. Um, yeah. But there's like, I understand there's 
different gender identities and everything. And I fully respect that. I do. Like, I, I honestly, am, I don't have a strong opinion on that at all. I just am saying there's a reason that men are showing up with lower testosterone levels and they're showing up more feminine than they ever had. And this is actually like phys physically can be proved because I had this in one of my talks, uh, the length from the anus to the scrotum. So it's like the anogenital line. When it's that, yeah. Yes, yeah. So people, they get, that gets measured when you're born. The closer it is means the more feminine like the gender of the baby is. So they're actually closer and closer and babies being born more present day. So that just goes to tell you that there is more estrogen being, you know, exposure to babies that are being born. So it's not like a me saying someone is born thinking they're a certain sex or not. It's just that that's a fact that's happening. So, so there morphological are, observation. Yeah. So, you know, there's the influence of, of that, but then again, toxic things in the environmental products and the water and birth control and all those things are not necessarily working in favor of men's testosterone levels. So at some point, like most men are going to be on testosterone replacement. And I absolutely think they should, because again, we do appreciate guys who take action and have that vitality. And I, there are women who like to boss their guy around and maybe they like the passive, you know, person, but I think alpha males are kind of lost nowadays. Whereas before they were way more present than they are. Yeah, I would like prefer for, and I would, uh, this is Portland, Oregon talking here. Uh, I would prefer that everybody had an option available to them that they would like to pursue. If Agreed. you if you love an alpha male or an alpha female, I'd love that there are plenty of alpha males or females around for you, or beta males and females, or uh, people with different gender identities. Let's, uh, but we have to identify, we have to uh, eliminate the toxic elements of that. Yes, yes, that's that's well said because yes. I understand that. Not it's, you understand that I'm a white male. It's a very difficult thing to say without someone, without the fear of someone throwing a tomato at you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. And that's why I usually bring it up first because I recognize that it's a thing just from anecdotal experience and, and actually bringing this topic up because guys are so terrified when they do want to be the alpha, but they're like, well, this is a characteristic trait that's kind of being suppressed or you know, frowned upon with women, where I think you'll find the more women who are saying this, a lot of them will admit that they still like the characteristics of a man that make a man a man. Sure. Now, some of this you kind of hinted at are environmental contributions, right? Yeah. Like, how, but so, do you do you burn many calories in your coaching about uh, eliminating environmental influences? I think there's much bigger rocks to, yeah. to hit, you know, like, uh, and I, I had mentioned on my Instagram stories, like one thing I used to always say to people is like, you have to buy organic and you got to buy wild caught and blah, blah, blah. Like, honestly, it, it, the way our agriculture is set up, it really doesn't matter. So all, all I want people to do is just get the protein in. You know, and does, it, less, does that matter anyways, if you're not sleeping and you're drinking every night and exactly like exercise? the less barriers that I can create to somebody having success, the better. Cause I understand now that I work remotely, not everyone, wherever they are can afford or have access to quality 
you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised, grass-finished uh, meats. Fine. It's fine. No one's died yet from just eating conventional meat that I know of, okay? Like, it's okay. If someone doesn't have, you know, is not eating a cow that was grown down the street, like, you're going to survive. People do it yeah. in restaurants every day. So really, like, you know, if we're not sleeping, you know, if we're not actually managing stress, you know, whether or not you reduce it is, is on you, but managing stress and then controlling the variables you can control, which are exercise, which are nutrition, then, then we can worry about, you know, supplements and stuff like that. That's like the last thing, but I will say, you know, if you can trade plastics for glass, that would always be a good thing to do. And then not drink you know, bottled water from plastic or leave hot, leave bottles in like the hot sun and then drink them because there are estrogen um, components like xenoestrogens that are called that are in plastic that will get in the water that will actually, you know, be uh, consumed and they can't necessarily be filtered out of a filter all the time. So, yeah. um, and there's stuff like skincare products and soaps and, and all that, but like you can go as deep down a rabbit hole as you want. If somebody wants that, sure. But I'm not going to scare the shit out of somebody the first session and be like, hey, you got to change everything about you are who you are right now. Because no man or person, I think, wants to hear that ever. Right. <laughs> um, what do the men need to know about testosterone or uh, t uh, lab tests? What is your general advice on frequency? Um, accessing uh, the lab tests, how they should go about getting them, who should, who should they go to, to determine whether, what the results are. Yeah. So do they need to be uh, biohacking their own crap or do they need to pro <laughs> along for the ride? You have to be proactive in your own health. Absolutely. hundred percent because uh, relying on somebody who your insurance will cover is not necessarily going to get you the answers or what you need. Um, a lot of, general practitioners will do basic labs, but they won't necessarily do a deep dive into things that will count towards making you optimal. Remember, there's sick care, which is usually the insurance-based stuff. And then there's, you know, being proactive and being optimal. You want to be optimal. You don't want to be grouped with the, the rest of America. So yeah, they're weird finding, finding like a functional medicine or a concierge doctor is absolutely worth every single penny because you're just going to end up paying for it in time and waiting and crazy random bills that you didn't even know you had from somebody else. And then you'll be so frustrated, you'll be going to practitioner, practitioner, practitioner. So go to somebody who actually understands hormone optimization. And that's the majority of what they do in their practice because you don't want, it's like MLM, like some guy who does, you know, hormone replacement on the side. So find someone who knows what they're doing. Tell them you want to get a full men's anti-aging panel done, which includes testosterone and free testosterone and then estrogen and then DHEA and then a cardio panel because heart numbers are very important. There's specialty labs for that. And then there's basic ones that you can do. And there's, you know, a lot of different tests like prostate and you want to know, um, like pregnenolone, like different hormones, basically how your body's working because you should not get any resistance to that. And a lot of doctors will give resistance to that. And as far as frequency, I would say at least twice a year and then start as early as you can. Like in your twenties, absolutely. 
get a baseline. So then you know where you started from so that, you know, when you get into your thirties and you start getting your yearly labs that if you all of a sudden see a sharp decline, it could be for some other reason. So absolutely every, every year, you know, twice a year is, uh, encouraged. And then if somebody goes on testosterone replacement, usually they'll do every three months. Gotcha. How do people end up with you though? Do they end up more on the men's um, hormonal health side or do they end up more on the strength side ending up in, in your purveyance? Um, it's like a little bit of both. So people just know Ali G handles it all. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I, cause I do remote training and nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. So I've got people who do both and I have people who do, you know, only nutrition, which is fine. I like to control both cause I'm a control freak, but <laughs> it, it's actually more because then I can kind of match their, um, food intake to the type of training program that they're doing and then understanding the energy systems that they're going through and everything. It just makes it a lot easier to know and have control over everything. Uh, but then in like the men's health space, um, there's a lot of doctors that I network with who need health coaches because it's a lot of the lifestyle stuff that really matters when it comes to hormones being um, helpful. So even if you go on testosterone replacement, which obviously has to be prescribed by a doctor, if you're not doing the lifestyle actions to make it work better, it's, it's going to work like shit. So a lot of guys think, oh, it's the magic pill. I just inject testosterone. No, uh, you'll feel a little better, but then you'll get to a point where you're like, okay, nothing's happening. So you still have to go to sleep. You still have to strength train. You still have to eat very healthy. You know, Do what adults do, not eat like an asshole and drink your face off. So you can still live a very fun life and testosterone is absolutely very helpful. And then, you know, if they have lab work that they're not sure how to work through, I can then help them and give my opinion, quote unquote. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's a very, very strong legal, legal waiver and, uh, uh, get them to the person who is correct to handle their type of treatment. So I just don't like give my network away. So if you come to me for health coaching or training or whatever, and you need guidance to get your labs done, I can send you to the right person. So, Yeah, interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary approach is the best, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, a lot of the laws with uh, hormone replacement, you have to see the practitioner in person one time, and then they can prescribe from anywhere. So sometimes it does involve, you know, booking a trip somewhere, but then you're kind of set whenever you need you know, certain prescriptions. And then it makes it a lot easier on everybody. Oh man, I had a great question. I just want to get it. I want to get it. Come on back question. Come on back question. <laughs> um, the, the keys to getting strong, according to you, what makes somebody very strong? How do you get them strong? Physically? Physically. Physically. So, well, that, oh, that is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, hey, um, I think life is a lot more fun when you do know what your limits and your capabilities are when you are dialed in. That's what I wanted to say. When you're dialed in, I think things are a lot more fun. Wouldn't your oh, clients yeah. say the same thing too? Like, you know, when you can rage, you know, when you've got gas in the tank, um, you know, when you need to dial it down a bit and go down into second gear. I think life's a lot more fun that way than just sort of bouncing back and forth and then waking up one day and be like, Oh, I feel like shit. Darn it. What did I do? 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have guys who have like all the data trackers and then they overanalyze it. And then I have guys that have none. And then they're just like, what, you know, what am I doing wrong if I feel like shit or what did I do right if I feel great? Problem is we have more days we feel like shit than we feel great. So we question why we feel a certain way. Yeah. And you, you point you know? at the first thing you see, which is like your age, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I have to do is put on the brakes more often than not. And we're seeing an influx of guys or uh, I should say people, but because I work with men, I'll say guys that, um, are doing more high intensity based workouts. So obviously because things like orange theory and CrossFit and all those things are so hot that they're doing all of that and no one's really doing real, just basic strength training anymore. It's all this kettlebell circuit and high intensity, which has its place, but it's really not what is going to build the muscle that you need to achieve the look that you want. So it's getting guys to put in enough time and enough food to build that foundation and actually learn how to properly deadlift and do like bro sessions to get that muscle foundation so that they can actually get that, that, you know, men say toned to get that toned look that they want. So, um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the pendulum swings in our industry and we know what's going on, but they're being fed misinformation and obviously it's fun and it's great to sweat and you feel like you got a good workout, but also there is a, a lot of really good things that happen when you just get under a bar and you can rest longer than 10 seconds. Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're on the same, we're on the wavelength. We're dialed in. You answered the question that I exactly was asking without me asking it properly. Um, that's what I wanted to hear, or that's what I wanted people to hear. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. And, you know, when you hear people like Pavel talk, and Pavel will say that's key to strength is consistency, right? A hundred percent. It's and, being, it's literally being consistent. Like, but what a lot oh of people God. are being sold, there's being sold variety. They're being sold that we're going to do something yeah. different every day. Like, my guys are like, so do I have to change my macros? It's been like two weeks. I'm like, no. <laughs> we have to change the program. I'm like, there's no law that says you have to change the program every four to six weeks. You know, actually that started because when they started uh, creating strength conditioning programs for college athletes, like that was the, the semester length. That's why the cycles last that long. Oh. So I tell them, I'm like, if you're still getting results, you know, I have guys that are on strength peaking programs and they're PRing like every week or so. I'm like, if we're still doing this, like, why would we change it just because of some arbitrary time limit? Like I've had a guy on the same strength program for the last three months because he's, he's eating so much that he's having such a blast actually getting really strong and there's nothing more empowering and more fun. So then, okay, cool. We change the focus from all aesthetics and fat loss to performance. And then the byproduct is just all the aesthetics. So, but not everyone understands that. And if someone's not ready to change and put in the time, I am not their girl. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much myth busting you can do. Yeah. And you know, so much leading the uh, horse to water before they have to decide to drink for themselves. Exactly. I, I mean, 99% of the time I'm adding food and making them train less. And I understand why that's so confusing, but then, <laughs> you know, 
oh, you've got your boner back, you're sleeping better, like, oh, you're getting stronger, geez, these are all non-scale and non-aesthetic wins that have to happen before all the aesthetic ones. Very well said. That's quotable right there. That is. Yeah, I like that. That's that. a t-shirt, t man. Um, <laughs> but let's give some respect where it's due. You don't, we've talked about the dudes enough. Let's talk about the ladies because you don't just work with, with guys and men. Um, how, do, how do things vary for females? Um, uh, where do we start with that? Um, it's so funny because like I'm a woman who really, really loves the men's health stuff. So like we're so complicated, like literally you guys would agree. Um, the problem is yeah. like, you know, men, men are, are like from a hormonal standpoint, you're the same every day. Women, we fluctuate every week and throw in, yeah. you know, birth control use and other stuff. And it's like, it, it can be a nightmare where understanding the changes are huge and, and women can fluctuate in body weight very quickly. Um, like I cycle through the same like four to five pounds like every week. And there's so many variables that go into scale weight. That's why it's really not the best predictor of your success. So um, like on my Instagram, I posted when I was 123 pounds and eating like nothing. And then when I was 136 pounds, visibly soft. And when I was 137 pounds, which I am right now, but I have like an eight pack. So scale weight does not tell the whole story because clearly yeah. if I weigh more than I did two years ago, but I look completely different, obviously adding muscle, you're still adding tissue. So that takes up some space, but you may fit the same in your clothes or you may end up smaller, but it's a very hard concept for females to grasp because we've been taught, we've been taught to be less our whole life. We've been taught to lose small and all that and they identify with a smaller scale number as being more um more lovable or more favorable and stuff like yeah that. there's a contextual thing to it that's not, yeah, not yeah. necessarily fair but that's what kind of happened exactly yeah and i mean i get it because like i've been there and, and only now can i step on the scale and, and ignore it if it's up the next day so not everybody can do that and and i understand that it takes a lot of work to get there so um, you know, with women, they have not put in, they have not put enough time in to actually building muscle. They just want to be toned. And I get that. But if you have nothing to tone, then what the hell are you going to tone? So you're just going to become a smaller pair if you're a pear shape, if you're just doing cardio and not actually putting the time in. But we're so terrified of gaining weight that it, it's that fear of like, well, if I eat to fuel my training, I'm going to get huge. No, you're not. You know, you, you may be completely shredded and be so much tinier. Yeah. And that also, you have to figure out what that means. And I say that for men and women. So it, like when a guy tells me, all right, I want to be shredded. I'm like, okay, he wants like, you know, veins on his abs, dick skin lean. Like that's what, what's in my mind. But yeah. it could just be like, I want a two pack. Like I want some of my abs to show. I don't need right, to look right. at you know, <laughs> the guy in the cover of muscle and fitness. And same with women, like when they say they want to be toned, like to me, I mean, my favorite physique athlete, Dana Lynn Bailey, like she's got that shredded look that will terrify most females. So send me a picture of what that means to you is a very helpful tool. Because oh, that's then great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because it's like, all right, well, the commitment level to dick skin lean is a lot higher than like, you know, I just want like some ab indentation to show. So it's, it's really having an understanding of what the goal for the person is and then having a very honest conversation with them. Like, listen, yeah, you know, more sure. often than not, you might have to, you know, you might have to gain a little weight because most people aren't eating enough, but a little weight in their mind is like 20 pounds, like blowing up, but it isn't. At most, it might be like 10 to 15. I had to gain 12 pounds to repair myself, but it wasn't like I was obese. And then you have to spend the time in the gym, you know, building that tissue. Like no one spends time eating and training. And same for women, maybe even more so for them to deadlift or do loaded pull-ups or stuff that they never thought they would ever possibly get to do completely trumps the feeling of being less than, and then they end up looking the way they want anyway. Yeah, it's that's the uh, quote. It's like uh, before enlightenment, carry carry wa- carry wood, carry water, chop wood. After enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. Yeah, and it's like you got to still do all the same stuff, and then when you do that same stuff, you get the result. Consistency, once again. Yes, consistency um, over time, and literally. You know, that's why my programs at, at least are three months, which is like, I consider that like a, a trial run. And then I have my year long coaching programs. I've been with my coach almost two years. And I, I told him specifically, I want to look like Dana for my wedding. And I'm starting to look the way I want. But I had to spend a lot of time uncomfortable, stretchy clothing, eating 250 grams of carbs, which is more than I personally have ever eaten in my life. But then I'm front squatting 200 pounds. I'm doing loaded chin-ups with 25 pounds. Like it was fucking cool. But I'm, <laughs> I had to put in the work, you know. And you have to go through the uncomfortable part part to look that way. And that took om- almost a year and a half. Wait, wait, hold on a second. For your wedding, you're not just gonna starve yourself three weeks beforehand. You know, you would think I would, right? To because fit in the dress and. Oh, it's so funny. Like my seamstress, she's like, you know, they're Russian. She's like you are like so easy bride like all these brides they're so stressed and you come in and it's like you know you have amazing attitude and i'm like listen i'm like you're gonna have to like glue the chest on to me because i have no boobs from dieting but hey i'm not gonna change minus 10 pounds in a few weeks so you don't have to deal with that mess and she's like oh you don't under all these brides they do that they lose all this weight in six weeks and then all of a sudden blow up and (laughs) Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's not healthy. And, you know, I'm like, listen, I might be like one or two pounds less from water weight, but like, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. So that crash dieting cycle is really what has to be communicated for everybody. And, and a lot of men have body image issues, just like women. They just just don't talk about it. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the similar stuff, just the, the really, really complicated part with women is the hormonal aspect. And then, you know, when, when they're dealing with issues like, you know, PCOS or autoimmune stuff, that's when I refer out. I actually have a friend who, Justin Janaska, he's a, he's a guy who specializes in female health and we kind of refer back and forth because. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's cool. He's not a doctor either, but you know, I've, I've had clients where I'm like, you know what, this is beyond my expertise. So I'm going to send you to Justin and vice versa. So it's awesome. 
Yeah, we've, so most of the people listening to this podcast are going to be chiropractors, chiropractic students, um, physical therapists, physiotherapists. How can they, how can they utilize you the best? Send everyone to my website, book a consult. (laughs) Yeah. So they'll encounter people who have, who have these issues, who have issues probably in a hormonal, I mean, there are definitely chiropractors that are trained in functional medicine to man, but there are many, 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 many of us who are not, and we don't want to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so like, we need you know, a resource cool for that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like the, you know, the, the, the cool thing is that um, having a competent professional who's working with somebody uh, in person is always so useful because, you know, if, if they trust you, then they're going to trust you to choose me to help them. And then um, I always ask the client's permission anyway, even though I'm not medical, but I consider it very much like HIPAA. Do you mind if I openly discuss what we talked about with whoever referred you? Um, And it just makes for a better communication amongst all parties, because if somebody is harboring um, like some pain that they necessarily can't get rid of, I will do a lot of emotional digging where it could be something from childhood that, that was a traumatic event that came to fruition as an adult in the form of an eating disorder or, you know, some, some way they're treating themselves in the gym or whatever. And then it's like, you hit things from a different angle that maybe weren't expected, but then it makes the person kind of realize like, okay, this is why I have this behavior. And you know, this is why I feel like I have to win at every single physical competition I'm doing or whatever. So, and then there's the other side of like, you know, this guy just needs guidance. I don't want to deal with it. And then I will spend the time of like, okay, this is what you eat. You know, this is what you do. Men need structure, right? So it's like, all right, yeah. when you're on the road, we're going to do this. And then when you're home, you're going to do this. And then it takes all the guesswork out of, you know, how many days a week to train, what's best for me, what, you know, what do I eat and all that. So same reason I have a, you know, a coach, like, I don't want to write my own program. I do this all day. Like, I don't, you know, and I'll change my mind 642 times before anyone objectively is like, no, you don't need to, you're fine. So um, it's kind of just like a a working together type of thing. If you don't want to do nutrition coaching, if you don't want to necessarily do the lifestyle coaching or you need somebody else to look at, you know, what direction someone needs to go for hormonal therapy intervention, then I would be the person to collaborate with. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like um, we need that. So even if you don't like to do it, we are, we know that a lot of these things are fundamental to a person's overall health, well-being or optimal performance as previously discussed. Um, so it's good to build a network and you have a network. There was this guy, he was a, um, really smart guy, like brilliance. And he really blurred the lines between training and rehab. Like he even had like a DVD <laughs> that was called like training equals rehab that completely blurred all these lines about, oh my God, hook me up. Yeah. You want to meet that guy? I would um, love <laughs> but, uh, but those things, they're important. I think it's a good thing to kind of blur the lines because at least people have access and then. Once we all communicate with each other, we know where the line truly is, and then we can work together by making referrals and, and, and doing what's best for people is what, what matters the most. Yeah. But yeah, you, you like how I dropped in a little Charlie Weingroff in there? Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like marrying um, something. <laughs> he's, he's marrying, he's the marrying type, huh? 
<laughs> don't let the seriousness and the intellect fool you <laughs> no we know he's, he's goofy you guys are like the uh you guys are like a power couple of all the people who are into uh conservative health and performance and sports and training and rehab um we love you guys so i wanted to make this podcast about you and screw charlie weingroff who cares about that guy I wanted to make it about uh, what you're about and your intellect and what you try to do for the human beings that you come into contact with and to let you know a lot of people ask to hear from you. So you are appreciated. Whatever you're doing out there, people are listening and they hear it. So That's really cool. That that honestly, it means a lot. And and I do get a lot of direct messages because I, I understand that this is a very sensitive topic. Yeah. So it really means so much when a man takes the time and I mean, it, it does take, you know, some, some balls to like say, hey, you know, thank you for bringing these issues to light because it, it's really not talked about enough. And like erectile dysfunction used to be like a, a big joke and the blue pill, but it is sure. honestly, it is so much, so common. I mean, every day I'm getting messages like this and it, it's, it's something that I understand guys are going through and why, and, you know, we as a society are kind of on a very quick downward spiral with the way that we're handling our stress levels and technology and everything. So guys, you're just, you're not alone. Even if you think the issues you're experiencing are, you know, you're too young for that or whatever, you're not, trust me, you can always message me privately if you maybe aren't sure if I can help. Um, so I can maybe at least direct you to somebody who can, if I can't. Yeah, dudes, it happens. It's multifactorial. It's just a signal that says you need to get your shit together. It doesn't mean go running off to Frank Thomas's uh, website or whatever. It doesn't mean you need to pop pills because that's not going to answer the, well, you're talking to chiropractors here, the underlying cause, you know, you got to get to the cause. So yeah. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you. you. Thank you for having me. I don't have any of these (laughs) problems. I'm just kidding. We all have asking for a friend. I'm just asking for a friend. So I wanted to have you on the podcast just because a lot of my friends were concerned. I didn't, I don't have any personal attachment to this question, but I can tell you this about weddings because I am an ordained minister online, Uh but I have married, uh, Oh, I would say like about 10 couples. So I've, I've, I've performed like 10 weddings or something like that. I will oh, say wow. it's going to be one of the happiest moments of your entire life. It's going to go very fast. Um, be present, be in the moment, and just spread that love. And you'll never be able to say hi or thank you to enough people because it's going to go so fast. Um, but you have plenty of chances to write thank you letters and I love yous uh, while you're on your honeymoon. Yeah. Or after. Yeah. The, so, no, that, that's so chill with it. Uh, you don't seem like Bridezilla. We don't have to give you that much advice. Just stay in the moment. Have a good time. <laughs> enjoy no, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty chill i have groomzilla that's why it's it's charlie you got to work watch out look out for him <laughs> i i honestly like it, it it's it, we are unique in the sense that it, it's going to be like a perform better summit our wedding <laughs> so, many, so many friends that know each other that it, it's uh it's it's unique i think i don't know if many people who go to weddings where you know like 90 percent of the people there so that's great. That's great. Cool. Well, congratulations. Cool. Yeah, a lot of mutual friends. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You'll congratulations in advance. All the, all the photos and everything will I'm sure be up. <laughs> so. 
All right, Allie Gilbert. I did it again. I think it's, I've just been talking all day. Allie Gilbert. Say Allie Weingroff. It'll be Allie. Allie Start getting used to it, right? Allie W. Allie Weingroff. I know. Um, Thank you so much. And uh, I don't think this will be the last time we podcast together because I'm going to come up with some more questions for you. Perfect. I'd love to come back if the popular demand continues. It's really cool.